insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit, agency owner of Portal Insurance in Sarah Land. Folks, he is a great American and a fantastic insurance agent. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Guys, I'm excited to be here today. I'm in Mobile, Alabama. Alabama. We have experienced all four seasons this morning. It has rained, snowed, hailed. I think we're expecting sleet at six o'clock tonight, and then uh, then it's supposed to turn off and be about seventy degrees. So uh, I'm not real sure what to think about this. I have packed everything, but Bradley, <laughs> I packed my speedo, a fur coat, a winter coat, and a pair of Bahama Mama shorts and. I'm I'm prepared for anything. Whatever happens, I'm here for it. I think Aaron Robertson just got excited listening to this. I bet he did. I bet <laughs> he did. Hey guys, we got a special another special podcast for you today, guys. We have got in studio. This is session number two with our favorite Facebook management guy, Mr. Patrick Romy, or as I call him, Romy. He has been with Facebook since 2015. Patrick, I am excited to have you back on the show and proud to have you here today, brother. Thank you, Scott. Good to be here. Yeah, good to be here, too. Uh, guys, listen to me. If you're listening to this right now, I want you to stop. If, if, this, if you haven't heard session number one, you need to stop this podcast, go back to the first session, the first podcast that we did, and listen to that first. The first one with Patrick. Exactly. With Patrick, excuse me. And then come back to this one. I know some people kind of bounce around on podcasts, but I think that one will probably set the stage for this particular podcast. So go back and listen to that one first. Guys, we got a lot to talk about today. I'm about to change the insurance industry as we know it. So Patrick, when you came on this podcast this morning, I made a big, bold statement that I was going to change the U.S. economy and change Facebook forever. So I'm going to need you to make sure you forward this to Zucks when you get back to (laughs) Facebook headquarters up in Chicago and uh, make sure that he listens to this podcast. So so guys, first podcast, we kind of went over some general stuff about Facebook, told a lot of stories, talked about a lot of different things. I want to start this podcast out today, Patrick, talking about how we're going to change the insurance industry and really the U.S. economy for years and years to come through Facebook. And so what I want to do and... uh, Some grandiose plans, Scott. I I do. I do. And guys, we got a lot to talk about today. I will have to change the United States economy and the insurance industry as a whole later when they bring the private jet down to come get me and we go pick my friend Seth Zaremba up and get over to Facebook headquarters to start this process. But before we get to that, guys, here's what we want to do today. We're going to get down in the weeds I want Bradley to be really involved in this because he's good at it and he's done it for a long time, since 2013. And we're going to do some step-by-step stuff for you guys to help you out with your Facebook advertising today. I know we've done this on a podcast previously with Nick Barry, but we've got one of the guys on the insurance team for Facebook, 20 people. They service the worldwide insurance agency platform for Facebook in terms of getting out into the real world. And I applaud Patrick for being out today with two guys that are just two insurance agents here in Alabama. Trying to right. help a bunch of people. Trying to help a b- bunch awesome of folks. It's an awesome podcast, so well, thank happy you. to be here. Thank you for saying that. I hope Mark enjoys listening to it. I know he will. <laughs> uh, you know, we're going to do some step-by-step stuff today for you guys because I know I've, I've gotten a lot of good feedback from people that love when we do step-by-step things on how to help you guys. So let's get started. Here we go. 
So we're going to talk about tactical topics today, and we're going to get in the weeds a little bit. But first of all, audience targeting on Facebook. Let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that. I know we kind of brushed on that in our previous session, but let's get down in the weeds a little bit more of that. Yeah. So I think the easiest way to break down different audience options on Facebook, there's really three categories that we think about. The first of which is we call core audiences. And the way that you can think about this is being able to define who your target audience is based on data that's available on Facebook. So if you're boosting a post or you're in ads manager and you're creating an ad, this would be things like people's interests. So Mm -hmm. basketball, football, shopping, insurance. Is there one for insurance on there? Uh, Yeah, Okay. I believe there is. I mean, there's a lot of different interests and and topics that you can target off of. The thing is too, like, you know, just because someone's interested in insurance doesn't mean they're interested in buying insurance. Right. They might be an insurance agent. I was going to say, it might be you and I, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I'm not presently in the market for insurance, but I probably fall under that bucket. I think I follow just about every agent I meet and all of the carriers, whether they're traditional, direct, insure tech, is how I kind of keep up with things going on on the platform. So there's interests, there's behaviors, there are things related to your page. So for instance, if you wanted to reach people who've seen videos. These are what we call engagement audiences. Mm -hmm. So the way I think about core audiences is while there's sort of sub-segments underneath it, it's really all the data um, that's available on Facebook to help you define, hey, here are the types of people I want to see my ad. Gotcha. Bradley, can you help us out a little bit and talk about in terms of of the different audiences that if you're an insurance agent, which you are, Mm -hmm. that you would go after in terms of being on Facebook and doing advertising? So I would err towards the side of small. Okay. I think a a big mistake a lot of people make with any advertising is they make it too broad. And instead of going broad, you should go narrow. Now, when you say broad or narrow instead of broad, are you talking geographically like? Everything. Okay. Okay. If I'm going to sell insurance to people in my hometown, it would be better for me to be able to talk to a specific type of person because I'm I'm going to sell insurance. Let me let me back up. I'm going to sell insurance differently to someone who's in their 20s versus someone who's in their 60s. Right. And I think that from a carrier perspective, I mean, I think that's the problem with a lot of the carrier TV advertising is mm-hmm. it's too. You know what I mean? Right. Every ad's appealing to somebody and pissing somebody else off. Exactly right. You know? And That's so, stupid. And the next person that's 60 is like, I love that. That it, is so cute. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think people and carriers and companies and all advertising go too broad yeah. and not narrow enough. You know, mm-hmm. right. find your client and advertise to your client in mm-hmm. whatever way, best way you see fit. The beauty of Facebook is if I do a TV ad, I can't run a TV ad to just people who are 35 years old. Right. Right. But I can online. Yeah, that's spot on. It, it affords you the ability to define multiple audiences. So mm-hmm. you could create a tailored ad that speaks to females in Mobile differently than females in Huntsville, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. And there's endless possibilities for creating different audiences that you can right. pair specific pieces of content for. And I think, you know, to Bradley's point, you know, comparing it to something like TV, you can run an ad for a dollar a day mm-hmm. on Facebook. So you can you know, there's opportunity to sort of experiment a little bit with different audiences and Mm. sort of start small and build your way up to strategies that over time prove themselves to be more effective without necessarily burning through your wallet. You know, I have an old saying that I say about every other day, work smarter, not harder. And if I'm a state farm agent and I'm in 
Indianapolis. Before I start jumping out there, and I love Bradley's point about going small and don't don't be too broad. I think that is that is right on point. But if I'm a State Farm agent in Indianapolis, I don't necessarily have to call my product people with State Farm and find out what, what you know what do we have our best rate for up right. here. I can look at the policies we've sold over a two three month period, and you know in my agency management system, let's say homeowners insurance. I can look in my system and see what policies we just sold for the last three months, and pretty well know, mm-hmm. you know, the the best rate we have for is yeah. for this person, this person, this person, and geographically. And, yes, and geographically, yeah. and there and there you go. There's right. your core audience, right? Am I am I right about to, that? To a degree, yeah. yeah. To a degree, yeah. I think you can take some of the insights that you may have in your agency management system or other data sources and apply those to the targeting tools available on Facebook as a starter. But I think it's a good segue to the other buckets of targeting that are available on Facebook. And that second bucket, which we've talked a little bit on uh, the previous episode, Mm -hmm. is custom audiences. Mm -hmm. So that's the ability for advertisers and businesses to use the data that they have that may, you know, exist off of Facebook and bring it onto Facebook to help you define your target audience. So you start to think about taking that same sort of concept of you can segment your audience and you can personalize the messaging so it's the most relevant experience um, to that person at the end of the day. You can use that with your own data too. So if you know that there's a certain product that's really competitive in a certain area, or there's a, a different product that's more competitive in, a, in another area, mm-hmm. or someone is on the verge of renewing. The ad- additional data that you might have that's specific to your business could help mm-hmm. sort of supercharge how relevant your message is when someone sees it on, on Facebook or Instagram or any of these platforms. So we've got a core audience and we've got a custom audience. Now, I, I think I understand, but let's just make sure that, that the agents out there listening are, are clear. What is the difference between core and custom audiences one more time? Yeah, the, I think the easiest way to think about it is core audience. That's going to be data that's available on Facebook. Okay. So you could uh, open up your phone today. You could choose to boost a post. You wouldn't need to upload anything. You can just choose from the menu that's available. Perfect. That's a core audience. Custom audience, that's going to be an audience that is defined by data that you own as the Correct. business. So. Usually that's a customer list. Um, That could also be people who visited your website that Mm -hmm. the pixel is capturing. Gotcha. That is absolutely perfect. A++ right there. I can understand that. (laughs) If Scott can understand it, the rest of my agency force can understand it. Beautiful. Love it. So... What are are there any other audiences that we need to be concerned about before we get start drilling down here? I'd say the third one, uh, third bucket is sort of the blend of the two. Okay, and these are called lookalikes. Yes. So lookalikes are really the marriage of your first party data mm-hmm. with Facebook. So what mm-hmm. we essentially do is take a custom audience that you may have uploaded to Facebook, and then if you want to find people that are on Facebook that are similar to mm-hmm. that custom audience. We'll go ahead and create that. And what we do is pretty much, you know, find people that have the most similar attributes to your core audience, as those are likely going to be people that are going to be receptive to doing business with you as well. That's beautiful. I love that. And I've heard Bradley talk about lookalike audiences, and I'm like, I have no idea what that is. And to be honest, that's the the one of the three that I'm the least versed in. I haven't dabbled in quite as much. Mm-hmm. You know, I had an accountant that I helped with some ad stuff a couple of years ago, and we were able to upload a list of his hundred best clients, and then do a lookalike audience, and then we advertise to that lookalike audience. And yeah, we, we and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, having things together on the back end, but 
we generated him a bunch of leads and he didn't close any business, but their lead follow-up system was not good. You know, they were expecting mm-hmm. the business just to fall in their lap. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just because you can, just because you can generate it doesn't mean it's going to translate to revenue. You sure. still have to, at the end of the day, you still have to sell somebody. Exactly. Yeah. And, and in the next uh, six to eight months, what you'll do is you'll just, you'll start running your quote on, on Facebook messenger and then just bind it right there as well. So you don't <laughs> have to worry about doing that, that much. <laughs> I'm kidding, by the way. Well, I'm not, well, and, I'm not and, kidding. And I have, but the, I have a messenger bot yeah. on my Facebook page. Right. And it's it's just a basic decision tree. It's if this, then that. And uh, it, it essentially does two things, three things. One, it's really, it, people think it's cool. People have never seen it think it's cool. Two, if someone reaches out to me after hours, sure. it allows me to already have that information. You know, it, right. it asks all the questions I would ask. Um, and then the third thing it does, which really is the most important, is uh, if someone comes into it and asks for a quote and it's taken and through that, mm-hmm. well, the CSR is sitting there looking at it while it's happening right. and filling that information in on another screen. So by the time that person gets to the end of that funnel, she's got the rate for them anyway. Right. So right. even though it itself doesn't give a rate, it, it gives us time to kind of yeah. put yeah, that, that together. That That is the first iteration of what we're going to do with yep. Facebook is is exactly what you're doing. So the second and we have the, closed business on it. Yeah, and listen, mm-hmm. guys, I'm not kidding. I mean, this is going to happen. And to, to, the reason I brought this up right now, when Bradley said that about the follow up, is I think if we can create through the two technologies that I'm talking about, Project Neon and Facebook, if we can create a seamless transition where you get the lead in, and then instead of having to go outside and do other things or, or, or whatever, we can just go ahead and do the quote right there and send it back to them quickly, bind quickly. I think it reduces that follow-up time, and that's why I brought that up again was because I think that could actually help once this technology was created. It's just now got to be implemented. So what I want to do now, I want to jump off that for just a second and say this. We're going to talk now about ad placement, guys. I want you to... Get out a piece of paper and a pen. Not if you're driving. Yeah, but not if you're driving. Just pull over on the side of the road. And we're going to go through step-by-step in terms of ad placement for Facebook, Instagram, those two at least. We're going to talk a little bit about Messenger, Feed versus Stories. But first, we're going to talk about Facebook ad placement and Instagram. And I want to do this step-by-step because people, I think they get more out of it when we do it that way. So, so Patrick, help us out here. We want to mm-hmm. – Scott doesn't know – I really don't know anything about ad, placing an ad except for my friend Nick Barry coming on here and you know going through step-by-step with him. But having you here I think is very helpful. So let's go through the steps. How do we place an ad? Yeah. So, um, you know, again, whether you're boosting a post or you're an ads manager, one of these sort of critical levers or inputs that any business has is essentially answering the question, where do you want us to show your ad? Right. And there's many different places that that can show up. So mm-hmm. obviously, Facebook um, has different placements. If you're on your phone, you might see an ad in newsfeed. Mm-hmm. Increasingly now, you'll see ads uh, happening in stories. If you're on Facebook on your desktop, you'll see ads on the right-hand side. And similar with Instagram, right? right. You'll have Instagram feed ads. You'll have um, ads in stories. What I think is probably the most powerful part about the Facebook ads system is that while Facebook and Instagram and Messenger and all these different platforms have distinct front ends, mm-hmm. The back end for advertising is all the same. Right. So as a business, you could say, I want to boost this post um, or I want to create this ad. And you can have that ad 
show up in many different placements across all these different platforms. And that's really powerful, one, because it gives you more opportunity to reach that defined audience that you've right. set. Not and to mention the audience placements, the partner sites. Audience network. The audience network, yes. Yes, yeah. So audience network, the high level on that is Facebook partners directly with thousands of publishers and apps mm. that allows you to use Facebook targeting, again, using kind of authentic identity across the internet, across devices, and allows you to reach people in the apps and, and the publisher sites that they're using off of Facebook as well. Wow, so okay. the strength of Facebook targeting combined with reaching people both on and off Facebook. Okay. And again, I think the power behind that is you're able to reach people potentially more often or for your business, you're giving yourself more opportunity mm -hmm. to reach these folks. Um, which will effectively lead your uh, ad campaign to be more cost efficient. Right. More opportunities you have, the more opportunity there's to find more cost efficient um, ad placements. Gotcha. So step by step here, yeah. I want to place an ad on Facebook. And I don't want to get off, you know, if we get off too far, you know, it's almost like we have to go back to step one. Yep. We just want to place an ad. Now we've got two choices. Bradley, mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a choice. You can either boost a post, really good copyright. You dialed in the message. It's going exactly to where you want it. You're going to boost the post. You're going to go to ad manager. This is, I'm a picturing a campfire in between us yeah. and about a 12-pack of beer, and we're yeah. just sitting like, if this, then that. Yeah, exactly. What What was the second option? No, it's you You, you got two choices. Okay. You've posted that, or mm -hmm. you're about to post that. You can either go boost it, mm -hmm. or you can go to ad manager. Which ad one do you manager. Do? Why? Targeting capabilities. Versus boosting a post, even though there's some targeting available. And boosting post is fine for someone getting just started. I haven't boosted a post in a while. Because when you go to Ad Manager, you can really drill down. <laughs> okay. Talking about finding your audience. Yeah, right. So we're going to go to Facebook Ad Manager. What's our first step on Facebook Ad Manager? Yeah, so your first step on Facebook Ads Manager is you're essentially going to create a, what's called a campaign. Okay. And the first question that... Step one, guys. Step one, create your campaign. And the first question that you're going to answer in the workflow that we have there is, what's your objective? And what this is doing is telling the Facebook ad system, what is your goal? Because the way that our system works is almost very literal. You tell us your goal, you tell us what you're willing to pay for it, and we're going to try to maximize the outcomes based on what you've told us. Okay. So a common goal for, um, I'd say, agents, right, if we're thinking about whether it's kind of more branding mm -hmm. or we can think about leads, some common objectives might be link clicks or website conversions that mm -hmm. are driving people to your website so mm -hmm. they can learn more about your business, they can start a quote. It might be an objective like messages, mm -hmm. which will, after someone clicks an ad, actually start a messaging thread between a, an agent and, uh, and a person. And, and so I, for, for the sake of what we're doing today, we want to create leads. We want to get leads because I think that's probably the objective of most agents mm -hmm. is to get leads. Butts so, and chairs. That's right. Butts yep. and chairs. So if you are on Create Campaign and it asks you what your goal is and you want to get leads from this campaign, which one of those buttons would you click to that, that would oh you're smiling right now. I'm like, smiling because I know I'm going to make this a little bit complicated. That's okay. Don't worry yeah. about it. That's okay. We can we can dumb it down. But I the promise. but the reason why it's it's going to we'll be a little bit. Put your cell number in the show yeah, notes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Any, fine. Hey, any of you guys want to call him day or night? Just no, I'm kidding. <laughs> go go ahead though. Um, no, but I think the reason why it, it's going to be a little bit complicated because I think it actually reflects consumer behavior. Right at Facebook, we've created different ad experiences uh -huh. because 
people interact with businesses in different ways. So when we think about how can, as an agent, how can I get a lead? You know, at the end of the day, it's it's building a relationship with that sure. uh, potential customer. And that can happen actually a number of different ways. So I spoke about Messenger. That lead might happen over Messenger. Right. So if you're finding success or you want to test the waters, maybe you choose messages as your objective. Right, right. Or if you know that you're finding a lot of success with driving people to your website, maybe you choose website conversions or the traffic objective. So that's another option. A third option, to, again, to make it complicated, no, it's okay. we have a leads objective on Facebook. Right. So there is a uh, lead form experience is native on Facebook. So after I click an ad on uh, my feed, it'll actually pull up a mobile optimized form. Mm-hmm. Some of that information might be pre-filled based on uh, my Facebook profile, so what Facebook knows about me. And then I can submit that lead, which then sends my information over to your business. Right. And uh, so I think that's reflective of, you know, different mm-hmm. people want different types of experiences and ways to connect with businesses. But to come back down to let's walk step by step, <clears throat> let's talk about how do I create an ad campaign uh, where I want to drive someone to my website and mm. I might pick the website conversion or, or sure. the traffic objective? And I guess one of the great things about this podcast today, we have an expert in studio who is a Facebook guy that's an employee of Facebook, but we also have an agent who has utilized it and done it since 2013, by the way, and had success with it. So I'll ask Bradley this question Mm -hmm. of the different methods out there to get leads. What in your experience has been the best, the best of those create campaign buttons that you can push? So I like sending people to my website. Gotcha. Or a website, right. not necessarily my website. I right. actually hate my website, but to a landing page, outside landing page. Sure. The pressure with that, though, is it adds another layer right. because you have to then build that landing page. It has to be mm-hmm. optimized. It has to look pretty. Mm-hmm. You you are 100%, 1,000% going to have a friend who's in marketing who's going to look at it and laugh at it. Right. That's what I like to do. Right. For several reasons. One, I've had some results that way. I also like being able to be notified. So that objection would be, I guess, traffic be that objection mm-hmm. uh, or objection objective mm-hmm. i like the lead generation mm-hmm. which is the facebook lead form mm-hmm. the reason i like so so for what that is for everybody not listening when you click on it it pops up and it's a form it's facebook's form essentially mm-hmm. you have to put it together right mm-hmm. it's incredibly and, and, easy and they're basically filling out a quote right cr- uh well i mean whatever you want them to fill out yeah it's excuse me some components it's, yeah, yeah it's incredibly right. easy to build Mm-hmm. We'll make that a lot just, easier when Neon gets you just, involved. Go ahead. <laughs> you just go on there and click first name, last name, email, sell, whatever you want. You can put custom questions in there. What I don't like about it is without any integrations on the back end, there's no way to be notified, mm-hmm. which I would love to know the reasoning behind in a second if you happen to know that or could speculate. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I do, the, the, the main thing I like about it is when the person clicks on it and the form pops up, their information's already there. Gotcha. They don't have to, it's click, click, done. So here lately, I'm leaning towards the lead forms as opposed to... Have you gotten really good at building lead forms too? Simple. Everybody's an expert. It's it's point and click. Um, It's a lot easier than building a landing page. And it also saves you, uh, I mean, if I do do an ad that, uh, for example, we did uh, the Senior Bowl Summit here in Mobile... Mm -hmm. We built a funnel, essentially, mm-hmm. of people who were interested in the in the summit. We took them through this, you know, multi-step form to gather their information, to win a, uh, a meet and greet with Gary Vaynerchuk, I think is what it was. And then uh, at the end, it was like, hey, go ahead and buy your ticket, mm-hmm. and you get 
it's 20% off right now, only right now. And then right. next step was, hey, you could upgrade to VIP. That You know, it built right. a funnel out. It didn't work. Why? Uh, I don't know. It just didn't work. Hmm. It, it took us, it took me 10 hours, hours to oh. put that together and it didn't work. So when you do the lead gener- the lead forms, it saves me 75%. It takes me 75% longer if I'm sending that that person away from Facebook because mm-hmm. I then have to build that landing page and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so when you do build out a lead form, though, once that person fills that out, and I know they didn't for the Senior Bowl, but if they do fill that out, where, where does that go? Is that coming to you in the form of an email? Or? Let, let's let Patrick answer that. Okay. So, so yeah. right now, it doesn't notify you at all. What? It, as far as I know, you have to go in there and, and find it. Yeah, you might want to check your page settings. That's my okay. That's my short that, answer. Okay. So there's three ways today that uh, you can essentially collect the information that people have volunteered to you through, right. these, through these forms. Uh, the default is uh, if you go into your business settings as a page admin, you're going to be able to download a CSV of uh, people who have submitted their information. Okay. It's so like an Excel one. spreadsheet. Right? Yeah. So, you know, you could um, set up some time of sch- schedule, some, you know, notification in your phone, right, to be diligent about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think every agent would know that, uh, you know, each passing hour is potentially mm-hmm. a customer that you're losing. Yep. And so um, there's uh, ways that you can integrate with uh, your agency management system or CRM if you're using. That Which we have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's also third parties that help uh, with those integrations. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those third parties have integrations themselves. So whether it be yep. like a Salesforce or a Zapier could could kind of help fill the gap there. So is there a way to set it up? You said it, check your page settings. Is there a way to set it up where it will notify me when someone fills one out? Uh, I believe so. At least a notification on Facebook okay. as, a, as a page admin. We'll have to check into that. I was going to say maybe. Because the majority of people I know that do the lead ads, they're like, yeah, I love them, but God, I got to go in there and check, see if I have them. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't. So even if you got a notification, right, yeah. it doesn't solve for, okay, well, you still got to go in and, and download them. But is there a reason for that? Or is it just, that's just because that's the way it is? I mean, the way it is, yeah. um, I think the intent behind those lead forms, right, is you want to integrate them with how you're normally managing Uh leads, but without Facebook having the pipes to know where to send it, or are you setting up those mm-hmm. pipes? So I guess the mindset is, is someone who would be using this is all, already has the, the integrations built on the back end, therefore we don't have to build it, they'll do it. Uh, we recommend the integrations, right? Because yeah. it not only helps with the sort of whole customer experience, but then as a business, you're able to better qualify and understand the leads that are coming in and and measure the impact. So I think one thing that we often see, right, is the more information that you have in a lead form might be really valuable to your business to get all that information, but that's likely also going to turn into a higher cost per lead because Mm -hmm. it's just more things that somebody's filling out. Mm -hmm. On the other side, if you are asking for name and email and phone number, mm-hmm. pretty pretty basic stuff, you'll probably likely get a lower cost per lead mm-hmm. because it's just less information. Um, but that may not translate into better customers. So without right. having that integration and understanding, you know, are my, you know, inexpensive cost per leads and my expensive cost per leads like translating into, you know, the same amount of policies mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, it's really hard to judge how successful each one of those are. So yeah. I think that's where integrations comes. It just kind of helps complete the picture. And you're lo- you're both L- losing. Listen, your all right. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. I know. I knew yeah. that. I was. Yeah. I was. So. I mean, so t- here's what, the, here's what the, they <laughs> what they've just done, folks, is exactly what everybody does when they come on this podcast. Is they start talking technical terms relative to 
Here's the Scott Howell. You want the Scott Howell translation? And, and and then about five minutes into it, they go, oh, wow, nobody's going to understand what we just talked Here's about. The, you may have translated it? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so you click on an ad. Right. I don't know what it what it's for. Let's just say something that you're interested in, right? Your hair's not on fire, but you're kind of like, oh, I might do this. Okay? You click on it, and you see name, email, phone number. No big deal. Right? Mm-hmm. Much but more then, than that, I'm going to be then like, you, nope. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. So if you scroll down and you see there's 25 questions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But what I want to have happen, because I'm like every other insurance agent, is name, email, phone number. They fill it out, hit submit, and it just goes to my email. It just comes to my email box. We, we can set that up. Okay. He, or he can set that up. But what, Or you can set that up. Okay. But what he's saying is, is there's, there's two types of forms. Basically, right, you, had to simplify you have it. the kind that you're going to click on it mm-hmm. and it's going to pop up and it's going to have everything you need to quote them. Well, that's great. And when you do get someone who fills good. that out, it's going to be good, but it's going to be expensive because less people are going to fill it out. Right. Whereas if you do name, email, phone number, it's going to be less expensive, but not necessarily everybody's going to be interested in a quote. So you kind of have to balance those two and figure out a way to mesh them together, basically in a nutshell, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's where, uh, you know, that connection with, your agency management system mm-hmm. or, or CRM is helpful because it, it just it helps you see the, the kind of the full picture behind right, right. each of those different forms and, or, and or see, prospects. For, for me, um, we have a huge advantage in the insurance industry in that literally everybody has to buy our product by law. There's something every one of us sell that somebody has to buy and it, they're committing a crime if they're not, basically. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Literally, everybody's a prospect. Now, everybody not, might not be your ideal prospect, but I would rather have 10,000 people who filled out name, email, phone number than 200 people who filled out, I want a quote. Yeah. Because I know over time, I'm going to have the drip marketing on the back end. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Right, right. To, to then capture that customer mm-hmm. eventually in my own way, okay. right? So that's my thought process. Mm-hmm. Now, some agents, I bet 99% of agents out there would be like, no, I want the people. I want all their information. I want them to ask for a quote. I want to do the least amount of work. I don't want to have to fool with all that drip. Hey, that's fine. That's great. So step two was we're going to choose lead form here. That's going to be our method. We've looked at our goal. We want to get a lead. We've decided we want to use lead form. We've done the lead form, name, address, phone number, email address, phone number. So what is step three now? What do we do? Yeah, step three. So within Ads Manager, you've created your campaign. Right. And what lives underneath a campaign is what we call ad sets. Ad sets. Ad sets. You can have multiple ad sets in a campaign, but let's just stick with one. Ad set is where you're going to be able to define who you're showing the ad to, mm-hmm. so who your target audience is, going back to right. its core custom audiences, where you're going to show your ad, so Facebook, Instagram, feed, stories, okay. all those different ad placements. And uh, I'd say the third most uh, important information that goes into an ad set is, so we know that your objective is leads, how much do you want to pay for those leads? Or what's your goal? So it's not a guarantee, but right. it is giving our system some type of guidance for this is my business goal or my cost per lead goal mm-hmm. and work within these parameters. And what is the average, Bradley, help us out here, you know, $5, $200, $20, it's, $1,000? What are we talking about? It's one about? of the, I mean, it, it's a million just, dollar question. It depends. Yeah. I mean, I hate, are I literally. Bid, are you bidding? Are you like, are you, is it kind of a bidding type thing? Or is it like, you yeah. just say, I'm going to spend 25 bucks. 
it's bidding. So, you know, if you input your budget, which also happens at the ad set right. level, so we'll say that's a fourth thing that happens there. Well, let's just say fifty dollars then. All right, fifty dollars. I mean, fifty bucks. It's gonna tell you from that how many you're gonna get. It won't guarantee. So you right. can you can say, Hey, my goal is ten dollar cost per lead. Mm-hmm. I you know, I have fifty bucks to spend uh-huh. over the next month. What our system will do is try to meet your goal right. of ten dollars. So it will try over the next month to fulfill that goal of what nets out to be five leads. It will try to beat that goal as well, okay. right? So if there are more leads that are available, people are really responding to your ads, it right. will over-deliver on, on that goal while spending your $50. On the flip side, if that goal is too aggressive, if the you know the ad creative isn't strong enough mm-hmm. or the target audience mm-hmm. isn't right, you may not see that your full $50 will be spent. Mm-hmm. So the system will work within the parameters that you set and say, hey, if this is my cost per lead goal and it's 10 bucks, you know, the system can't guarantee that, right? It's still, it, it's working based off of what it's predicting people will, it right. will do, but uh, it still takes someone clicking on an ad, submitting yep. your information. Am I, am I being presumptuous to say that, let's say your your goal is $50, you don't spend that. Is that right off the bat telling me that my ad just wasn't very good? Is, Not necessarily. Is that, well, I think it depends. And my, my advice would be, you know, uh, and this is true for, for all businesses, right. anybody that, that works in our global business group at Facebook, is you're going to get the most value if you're essentially, your goal is your true business goal. Like, mm-hmm. what do you really... What is your real cost per lead goal? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you input that into the system, the system will work for you to try to meet that goal. Right. And again, won't like burn through your through your wallet if you right. you know set a ten dollar goal mm-hmm. or fifty dollar goal, whatever it is. But because it's working within those parameters, it won't it won't just spend for the sake of spending. This I know this is a very arbitrary question, or it would be an arbitrary number, but I guess I use that right. I don't know. A good marketer. Like someone who's really kicking on Facebook ads and they've got it dialed, dialed in. in. Yeah. What are they spending a day? Because I know I've talked to, to people people in our industry mm-hmm. and some of the numbers they've told me just blew my mind. Like five thousand dollars, thousand dollars? You probably won't love this answer, but I'm gonna say it depends. Yeah. I I hate the word depends, You're but right. there's some situations that you have to you know I mean yeah. I think the reality is um, the size of the agency. I mean I don't have five thousand yeah. dollars a day to blow on. So, like for me, right now I'm spending about thirty bucks a day. You know, it's a thousand bucks a month. It's about what I'm spending, and that's four campaigns. So that's or five campaigns. So that's one campaign I'm spending fifteen dollars a day, and three others I'm doing five dollars a day each. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, it seems like a lot sometimes, but I know there's people spending way more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, and Bradley, I want to ask you this question, and I'll come back to step number four in just a second. On the ad sets, because for simplicity's sake, he said we're just going to use one ad, right? You were just mm-hmm. talking about one ad. Do you do the ad sets where you do you do multiple ads at one time? Is that what that is exactly? Um, typically what I will do is I'll run multiple ads starting out and with different – I'm A-B testing, different copy, different picture, different – maybe a different – you know, one of them has a button that says get a quote. The other mm-hmm. one says learn more. Right. You know, and, and, right. And then – default and reposition that money to the, the one, one that's that working yeah. yeah yeah i don't go too crazy with it yeah. i keep i keep things simple i try to do what i do what i can do to get leads i've got an ad that run. makes I've perfect got, sense i mean you run two or three you see which one's working and it then, makes perfect sense but nobody does it and then but why <laughs> i mean it makes you, you could, if you if you run two or three different ads and i assume most of your stuff is either picture 
or video, one of the two, right? And then ad copy above that. Like I haven't done a lot of ads with videos, which is kind of silly because I I do a lot of videos mm-hmm. on it from an organic standpoint. Right. So that's something I'm dabbling in now. All right, so. guys. So we're up to step number four. We have. I feel like this has been very informative. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. We cr- we've created so. we've created our ad set, and yeah. I got to move off this soon because we got to go to Instagram because that that one really interest me a lot too okay so. can i can i build on one thing sure, just yeah, to yeah, round absolutely. out the uh the budget question yeah yeah i say it depends right for the reasons we kind of talked about it depends on the size of your agency right i think the way that we look at it no matter the size of the business right is you should take into account the amount of people that you're trying to reach right so what is the size of your target audience and we have some of those tools that will say you know hey based on all the things that you're telling us about your audience, this is how many people we predict will right. are you're able to reach. And so if just from like a math standpoint, you can think about, okay, what is sort of the right ratio of ad spend to you audience know, size? Audience size. Exactly. So if I'm a big brand advertiser targeting everybody in the US, you know, those budgets could be potentially mm-hmm. significantly high. But sure. if I'm here in Mobile, Alabama, and I have, you know, a very specific audience I'm going after, maybe it's for a specific product, you know, I'm reasonably not going to be spending nearly as high as maybe right. some other brands, carriers, agencies. Gotcha. So I would think I would say, try to take a, a math-based approach and yep. sort of one benchmark that we use is you want your ads to be seen probably maybe once a week on average from your from your audience. And so if you can kind of so the back fr- your the way f- into that, that might be a good starting point. The frequency, is that a, exactly. is that a once a week variable? So if you're if we're still following along, we're an ads manager, right? Mm-hmm. There's a column there's a, that you a get. Metric. Yeah, it's a metric called frequency, and that's going to reflect the average amount of times that your audience saw your message. Now, do you um, choose that, or does it just no? It's it, an it, algorithm that does that. This metric will reflect, you know, the actual results What's of your ad campaign. Happened. Okay. So you'll okay. get things like, hey, you know, if you're halfway through your uh, fifty dollar campaign, it'll say, hey, you've spent twenty five dollars, you've reached this many people. Mm. This ad has been shown X amount of times. Some of those people that you reach will have seen your ad multiple times. Mm-hmm. And so that gets calculated by frequency. What is it? Is it a, a multiple of the average person in your audience has seen this this many times since you've ran it? Or is it this many times per week? Or what's the... Yeah. So it's going to be over the time frame that you can gotcha. select. So one of the things that's nice about ads managers, a lot of different buttons and bells and whistles. You can customize what time frame you're looking at of those metrics. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we're looking over... Uh, a four-week period, and we see that there's a, a frequency of four, that's out to about once a week. So okay. we're, we're the average person in my campaign has seen my ad four times over four weeks. Gotcha. Bradley, what is your length of time you typically run your ads? If they're working, why stop it? Unless, you, it's, unless it has a deadline, like it's a big crescendo, right. you know what I mean? Can you just select, run the ad till the money mm-hmm. runs out? Yeah, so, okay. so I don't do the whole, the overall budget. I like the per day Mm-hmm. I like to pick what I'm going to pick, what I'm going to do per day. And I can make an argument for both of these, and I do both of these, is I've got some that I'm just – because we were, we were driving back from Callahan's. I was talking about an ad I'm running right now targeting right. a carrier, right. uh, clients of a carrier. And uh, I usually start out at 5 bucks a day, and I just threw it out there to test it, you know, I, I kind of just for three days. And then I've done the opposite too. I've ran ads that – I've started out at $50 a day, and I've tapered it back down mm-hmm. as we go. Like, I'm throwing it out there to see, right. shot over the bow, are we going to get anything from this? And if I get nothing, this might be Bass Ackward's way of thinking, but if I get nothing at $50 a day for three days, 
I know I'm not going to get right. anything from it. I need right. to change some things on that ad. Right. The contrary is true. If I spend five bucks a day and I know I get five leads from it, I know that, okay, I can kind of leave this one alone mm-hmm. and increase the spend on it, right. and I'll probably get, right? Mm-hmm. I think what Bradley is describing, what you know, a, a powerful part of the platform, to use the phrase again, is you as a business or advertiser, you're in complete control. Right. So there's no... You're not locked into a rate. There's mm-hmm. no contract. These are self-serve advertising systems. So uh-huh. you could cast a wide net, start at $50 a day. You could start at a dollar a day. You could be midway through your $50 campaign and decide, you know what? This isn't working. I need to rethink my strategy and hit pause. So you're in full control and it, you know, you, you have the ability to make sure it's working for your business. So I have a question and then we're going to jump right back on topic here. But this is a question that just came up to me that I think a lot of independents and captives will be interested in. I know you work with a lot of carriers out there, right? And you talk to a lot of carriers. Are there any carriers out there right now that are offering co-op dollars for Facebook ads where you as the agent, let's say you're... That's a really good question. Like Safeco or State Farm or any... Well, State Farm is probably a bad example, but (laughs) Safeco, Travelers, anybody like that that's offering co-op dollars that you know of? What we're finding, I mean, on the surface, yes. So what we're finding is, um, you know, and it's not uh, specific to Facebook. There are co-op programs that have been in place for in some cases, Facebook for digital and also traditional media mm-hmm. as well. So yes, yeah, we're seeing that. Okay. I have a story to tell. Please. So I, love stories. I was working for a carrier one time. I can tell these stories. You, you now. can't, you can't be an insurance agent unless you tell stories. Go ahead. And carrier was co-oping Facebook ads blindly. Oh, wow. Wow. Send in the receipt. I got pricey. And I would send in my receipts and they'd mail me a check. Wow. And all of a sudden one day, uh, we ran a big campaign, got a bunch of leads from it. It's been about a year and a half ago, and the wrong person saw it, and I got turned in. There was nothing shady going on. It was just something that we all know how carrier compliance is. Mm. And I submitted co-op that month. Deny. They said, oh, we're going to approve it. Okay. But we want you to teach us how you did it. Okay. You know what I said? No. Nope. So, anyway. Did you have to pay for it yourself then? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Smart move, my man. Smart move. You've got a high price tag. <laughs> now, I would help. I would help insurance agents all day long. Right. But I'm I'm not right. about to jump into that hornet's nest. Oh, yeah. sure. Absolutely. Step four, what is it? All right, so we're past ad sets. We've got our budget. We've got our defined audience. The, defined our audience. Yep. Have I posted my video or my picture yet? Is it on there right now? Or are we we're, we're at that step. Oh, well, okay, okay. Yeah, perfect. Step four. Step four. Uh, you're, getting, you're getting there. Uh, yeah. You're getting there. Airplane start. <laughs> Get off the runway. Got, got you. Yeah, so uh, the last step underneath campaigns and ad sets are ads. Okay. Um, so this is essentially, you know, your message, sure. your creative. So what are the visual components? Is it a video? Is it an image? What ad copy are you going to use? Sometimes these can be, you know, similar to boosted posts. Sometimes you can just use a post that you've already posted to your page on Facebook, but you can also use our tools to create, mm-hmm. you know, something that's, uh, I know, often referred to as a dark post or an mm-hmm. unpublished post. So it's just an ad that is shown to people on Facebook, but uh, not necessarily published to your page. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's really the, the last step. So you can, similar to how you can have multiple ad sets in a single campaign, you can have multiple ads in a single ad set. Mm-hmm. So kind of building off what Bradley was saying earlier, he might try you know a couple different things to see, you know should I say get quote or learn more on this mm-hmm. button here. Mm-hmm. Um, by having multiple ads, you can test a lot all at once. Mm-hmm. And then um, what's nice is if you have a, a bunch of ads living in one ad set, mm-hmm. Our system, based on the goals that you've set in your ad set and campaign, will 
over time, start favoring the ads that are driving better business results. Gotcha. So it's nice because that takes a lot of the sort of heavy lifting and guesswork mm-hmm. off of mm-hmm. yeah. off of you. So you can go in there and look at the metrics and tell which one's working and which one's not. Uh, imagine advertising hell if all right. of them were equally. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. Right. So at the end of the day, Facebook is is uh, is really built on uh, building relevant experiences mm-hmm. for, for people. And that means both, you know, relevant content that you're seeing from, you know, organic content in your feed, but also from ads. So if you upload 10 ads and there's, you know, two or three that are more relevant for your audience than the other six or seven or so, we'll start to favor the two or three strongest ads. Mr. Flowers does, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and you can talk a little bit about this too, but you do a lot of the dark ads, right? It's not showing up on your Facebook feed. But we want the right audience to see it. It's not It's not showing up anywhere, but you're targeting those people. Mm-hmm. They will see that ad, and then once they click and see that, mm-hmm. the next time you run a dark ad, do, you, do they, they see the next one too? Is that right? Uh, that's more of a retargeting strategy, which I'm sure we could get into Later, a little bit, right. but yeah, I mean, if we're, you know, I talked about in the previous episode with Patrick, mm-hmm. I've got a, a video that I'm running and, and another agent commented on it, mm-hmm. throwing some shade my way. And I'm like, that's the worst thing you could do because I know the reason you got pissed off at this video is because you're tired of seeing it. Right. Well, now every time you open your, you know, because yeah. I've got a retargeting strategy deployed where if you see one, you're going to see the next right. one. If you see the next one, you're going to see the next one. So... <laughs> Cover wow. them up. Cover them up, man. Wow. Cover them up. So, so we we've done the creative guys. Part, re- part of marketing, part of this is one of my theses when it comes to marketing mm. is you don't just market to get clients. Part of marketing, and this is part that either people do too much or not enough of, in my opinion. Part of marketing is to make your competition back up. Yeah. Right. I want my competition to be like, oh, crap, this guy's for real. Right. I want them to know if they're coming up against me, they're going to be running into a buzzsaw. Yeah. Or at least I want that perception. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I don't mind certain things. I don't mind my competition engaging with or seeing because I want want them to know that I'm going to at least attempt to – hit them in ways that they didn't even know they could be hit in. Yeah, I, I get it. I understand. So, guys, I, I want to read something to you here, okay? Is this Cre- a manifesto? It is. Two in one episode. Yeah. Creativity is the last unfair advantage we're legally allowed to take over our competitors. Let me read that again. Creativity is the last unfair advantage we're legally allowed to take over our competitors. That was written by Bill Bernbach. Okay, it was a slide. That's the the Wista Elevate 2019. The reason I tell you that, guys, is we're at step four right now, which is the creative. Now, all this other shit that we've talked about <laughs> earlier, creating the campaign, what's your goal, lead form, just drive to your website, ad sets, defining your audience. You can do all that shit you want to, and I want you to, and I want you to spend money on Facebook ads because I think it could work for you, but you better have good creative. Because as my friend and great American Guy Kawasaki, who was the number two guy for Steve Jobs at Apple, once said, it all boils down to posting good shit, Mm -hmm. posting good content. And if you want this to work, you're going to have to post good content. You're going to have to post creative content. Some people are more creative than others. Engaging Engaging content. So the more you can do that, the more you can catch somebody's attention in that first, you know, five seconds the five seconds that Harvard University says you have to make first impression, whether that's on the phone or in this video or picture, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. the better off you're going to be. So 
with that said, I'll get off my soapbox. Step number four was create the creative, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Create the ad. Yep. Do the copyright. Put the video out there. Yep. Now, what is step number five? Publish. You hit the publish button. Yeah. Here we so, go. So you know, once you've once you've created all of those uh, different layers, uh, campaigns, ad sets, ads. Once you have your ads ready uh, and you know where they're going to show up and mm-hmm. you know who they're going to be seen by, then you're then you're ready to hit publish. And then from there, it's uh, being diligent about understanding, you know, how is your audience reacting? Are you getting business results as a result of your ad? And if that's not clear, then I think, you know, then there's opportunity to figure out what are ways I can be measuring Mm -hmm. if my ads are translating into business. So how does what we just talked about differ or does it differ from creating an ad on, on Instagram? It doesn't differ much. That's the good yeah. news, I think. Yeah. So while there's certainly um, nuances with every platform, uh-huh. right? I think people go to Instagram and Facebook for different things. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to make it very easy for businesses to uh, not have to repeat workflows or those steps mm-hmm. um, to sh- have your ads show up in both places. So the advertising system on Facebook is the same advertising system for Instagram, um, and for some of those other platforms that we talked about earlier, audience network included. So you could create a separate campaign mm-hmm. ad set uh, and ad for Instagram. You could also have Instagram and Facebook just integrate into mm-hmm. the same ad set. Would you suggest that for agents like Bradley and I who don't have the time to sit around and spend three hours? Yep. I would err on the side you know, of doing that versus right. not doing it. So if I'm doing a video ad, if it's more than 15 to 30 seconds, mm-hmm. If it's a minute, I'm not going to run that on stories because I found it's a little bit wonky mm-hmm. and it's because they're only giving those people 10, 15 seconds. Right. For me, I think it's been a little bit of a waste of money doing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'll opt out of the stories. Mm-hmm. If the video is longer than 60 seconds, you're talking you can't. About Instagram. Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. If the video is longer than 60 seconds, you can't run it on Instagram, correct? Right. And then if it's stories, I believe it's 15 seconds. 15 seconds. Yeah. Well, it'll still run it. But it only runs. It, it cuts right. you off at 15 seconds. And if it's a if it's a minute video, right. I mean, obviously the first 10 to 15 seconds or three, as we established in the episode before this, mm-hmm. is the most important. If it's a minute video, you don't you haven't right. said everything you wanted to say in sure. that 15 seconds. And I, you know, personally, I mean, I've ran ads that I just ran on Instagram. So a funny story is when I got the nod to do Agent 2021, they sent me graphics. Those graphics that are on my Facebook profile mm-hmm. still to this day, I think they sent that to me and said, "Here, you can use." this like here's instagram here's facebook here's linkedin and they're like also we could send you uh one that's formatted for stories so you can do swipe up to sell tickets Mm. and i went uh i don't have enough followers to swipe up on instagram (laughs) (laughs) you have to have ten thousand. right and uh and so that was just kind of a funny story but uh i ran you can't you can if you run ads so i ran a swipe up ad Mm. for agent 2021 targeting Insurance Guys podcast listeners, if you saw it, hit me right, up. Right. Uh, let me know. But it basically it was me, and it, it said, hey, you know, swipe up to come see me and Gary V live at Agent 2021, basically. Right. And I just ran that on Instagram Stories. So you can do the opposite. You know, you mm-hmm. can run an ad from Facebook, but it not be on Facebook. It be on Instagram. So in terms of step-by-step instructions on Instagram, is it easier than Facebook? It's actually the same. So I'd say... Exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, I think the nuances are just the different ad placement options. So do you want to be just on Instagram? Mm -hmm. Do you want to just be in stories and Mm -hmm. have people swipe up and 
and uh, go but, to but a landing if, page. But in, in both cases, in order to go to Facebook Ad Manager and to do this on Instagram as well, like I use a Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus phone, but you really need to be on a desktop to do this, correct? You have to be on a desktop, right? Yeah, it, I believe there's an Ads Manager app, but uh, d- desktop is going to be recommended. Right. It's kind of going to give you the full suite of all the tools. And gotcha. I think, you know, when you're dealing with video files and image files, that kind of thing. And, you know, for me, that's probably been the biggest hurdle uh, in right. terms of not doing more advertising on Facebook and Instagram is I'm, I'm constantly on my phone. I'm yeah. not behind a computer a lot. Most of my videos and things I take and do and pictures are all on my phone. Mm-hmm. So... When I jump on a desktop, I got to transfer the files to a desktop to do all the the and so, you know, I, I almost wish you could do all that from your phone. I know it's not cap- they don't have that capability right now, but I think I would do more advertising on Facebook if it was straight. You know, could go straight to my phone and do all that. There is a Facebook Ads app, so I'll plug that in. Go ahead. But um, and it's just called Facebook Ads, so yeah. you kind of connect your page and uh, right. you're able to do some of the ads manager functionality within that app. But yeah, here I mean, here you loud and clear, especially you know if you're thinking about, hey, I want to create a dark post and right. I've got this video that lives on my computer. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, uh, the company recognizes all the different use cases. People are just on their phone more days, right, so we got to right. keep continuing to build for those types of experiences. Absolutely. So last one for this particular session. Bradley, I think we're going to have to do three sessions. We've still got really? a lot of really got a lot of top, uh, information to cover, and we've been, I think we're at about an hour and 15, 20 minutes now. So can you, and I don't know the answer to we this. We could do a wrapping up session. Yeah, that'd be good. Can you advertise on Facebook Messenger? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. How do you just go back through step one, creating a campaign, and then choose to advertise on Messenger? Yeah, it's the exact same uh, exact same steps. And just like Instagram, you can actually choose to have Messenger included as one of your placements. And, and actually, I should have mentioned this before. The default, and this is where I recommend anybody who's who's starting with uh, Facebook ads to start. The default is what we call automatic placements. Mm-hmm. And based on um, different things that you've selected, like your objective and, um, you know, where you want to drive people to, if it's your website, we will automatically opt you in to all the ad placements that your ad is eligible for. So that can include Messenger. So let's say we've created an ad that's driving, let's say Bradley's created an ad that's driving people to his landing page. Mm -hmm. One of those places that we could show the ad is on the Messenger kind of homepage or the inbox. So Mm -hmm. um, if you're scrolling to see through, you know, messages with friends, you might see an ad that looks very much like the ads that you'd see in in Facebook newsfeed. Cool. Okay. Do you ever do that, Bradley? Do you ever do ads on Messenger? Sometimes. The thing about this, man, is once you find something that works, yeah. You kind of want to, you right. know what I mean? But I'm always, every, horse. everything yeah. with marketing, especially in today's digital age, is all about testing, 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 right. tinkering. I mean, I think Gary had a video he put out a couple weeks ago. It's like, spend 80% of your time doing this one thing and then taste the rest right. of it. Right. That way, if something else starts working, you can kind of shift over here. So mm. don't do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I've got the messenger. Are you, are you talking about advertising in messenger or yeah. advertising and sending people to messenger? Because no. I've sent people to messenger because I have the yeah. bot. Right. Great um, point. So that first example would be more advertising in, in, messenger. in messenger. What you can also do is send people to messengers, yeah. Bradley alluded to. So let's say I'm scrolling in my Instagram feed. I can mm-hmm. click on you know the button that says you know message the business, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it'll open up that messenger thread with the business, and I can ask my questions. I yeah. can right. get my quote. The, the thing yeah, that's the, that's that's it right there, folks. <laughs> you heard it from Facebook. 
That's where we get our quote from Project Neon and our our technology there. And the thing is, with the with the sending people to Messenger, uh huh, that's going to be a more expensive lead because uh-huh. it's a higher intent. Sure, right, you know, right. So it's you kind of have to look at that from a cost perspective. You know, maybe you would be better off doing a lead form mm-hmm. than sending them to Messenger. Mm-hmm. So, cool. anyway. guys, we're going to do one more of these part three, the wrap up, and let me tell you what we're going to do on that. The trilogy. This this is the trilogy. I love that so much. The Empire, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. So we're going to do tips for advanced advertisers. There may be an opportunity here for Bradley to actually learn something. Hmm? Hmm? Facebook Pixels. Why do you like calling me out so much? Facebook. I don't like Facebook Pixels. Listen to this, guys. This is the most boring thing I've ever heard. LMS CRM integrations. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I like that. That, that kind of gets me going. That right there is when I will be in the floor taking a nap while these two talk. And uh, use cases for that, and then um, add creative and content for mobile. I want to. I, I think I'm going to start there because that's kind of where I've ended here. Okay. That, and then also feed versus stories. So we still have a lot to go over. So we're gonna we're gonna finish the trilogy here, guys. Get your ass out from behind that desk. Go create some content. Put two or three ads on Facebook. Run a small campaign. See what works, and start getting leads for your insurance company. And remember. Rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today and go sell and make money for your family, make money for your kids, for your wife, for your husband. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flower, I love you. Love you too, buddy. Thanks. I'm sorry I called you out so much. It's okay. I apologize. It's okay. Hey, Hey, guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll be back real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.